Hello, I'm Stuart Preston, and this is the Stone Ape Reports, where I have conversations with those who have changed their lives with the power of psychedelics. In this episode, I had the honor of speaking with Tara. Tara is a licensed professional counselor who shared her ayahuasca story of rebirth and finding joy within herself. And it wasn't easy. So let's hear from Tara. Thank you so much for coming here on the Stone Ape Reports. I'm really, I'm really excited to talk to you because we've had a couple interactions um, talking about psychedelics and integration work and you know some of the things we've done here and, and discovered you know your work you know as, as a therapist and so what i'd like to start off with is uh, number one thank you for coming and number two give us a real quick introduction of who you are and what you do oh you're welcome thanks for uh i was very stoked when you asked me if i wanted to do it because i had been i think i had my, i mentioned in our message like i was so excited like i've been meaning to kind of branch out more from just the, um, the private practice I do and uh, talk about my experience using ayahuasca, which it's only been a couple of times, but I really felt like after, um, well, let me re- rewind a little bit. Um, a licensed professional counselor, I have my own private practice in New Jersey, right? same area that I grew up in. And I had always had a history of my own anxiety, Depression growing up, it's in my family. Um, now, unlike a lot of people, I don't actually have a ton of trauma. You know, like this one has sexual mm. trauma. This one's dad beat him up. You know, like I have a really great family. I'm close with uh, both of my parents. Um, oddly enough, I'm one of those females who have sexual trauma, which is, it's rare. Um, yeah. You know, so, um, but, but I still felt like I'm like, well, I'm carrying all this stuff. Like, you know, uh, I'm also very sensitive, you know, most people um, who are in this field, like other, you know, uh, teachers, nurses, therapists, like we all, there's a level of sensitivity to us that I feel like a lot of people don't want to admit because it can be a Mm. vulnerability, you know, or it can be interpreted as a vulnerability, but I'm like, hell no, that's where your power is, Mm. you know? Um, So I had, you know, I was, um, you know, tired of dealing with my own emotions and stuff. And, um, I had left, um, my husband in like the end of 2018. Um, I'll talk about that a bit, but you know, I'm not like, Oh, he's this horrible person, you know? Um, yeah. So it's, it's nothing like that. It just, you know, we weren't meant to keep going on the same path together. And, you know, when I had first left, I was like, okay, this is good. I'm going to do me. It's the same thing that happens to everybody, right? Like I'm going to do me and you know, that's it. Like I had no interest in like, dating anybody or or anything else after that i was like it's time to focus on tara um and then after like two months three months i was like i felt this like heaviness like setting in and i'm like what happened like i was like so confident a couple months ago and you know what's going on um so i had actually had a client come into my office and he was so depressed um like i was actually worried he might you know, harm himself. Hmm. And one day he came in and his face, like, he just, he looked like a different person. He's like, I'm feeling better. And I was, and I could just see, you know, energetically on, on someone's face, you don't even need to, they just look different regardless of what yeah. they look like when they get better. Right. Um, so I was like, he's like, I did ayahuasca. And I was like, please go on because this man just looked, <laughs> He, I can't, it looked like his twin, the happy twin. And he told yeah. me the story and I was like, 
because I had heard of it years ago. I think it was like on Joe Rogan, of course, right? Um, I was in the car with my dad and um, I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Or my, or my dad was like, yeah, you know, it's kind of crazy, whatever. And then like years ago, and I was like, oh, maybe one day I would do it. I've always been into like this, you know, kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so when he told me, I was like, you know, cause like I was also, I was suffering too. Like, it's really hard to be suffering when you're a therapist. People are like, how did you do it? And I'm like, well, first of all, I didn't have a choice. <laughs> and like, yeah. you know, it's not, I didn't live at home to where I could just quit and whatever. And plus, what do you do with all your clients when you're going through some intense stuff, you know? Um, so I was like, I need to, I need to find this. So I'm like intensely Googling, like, where can I find it? And you know, where is it legal? Am I going to like die if I do it? You know, yeah. um, like, what happens if you're like a sensitive person? And of course it's like, you're just more frustrated, right? Cause uh-huh. you get every answer from like, Oh, I'm peaceful now to, I am now schizophrenic. So like, right. you get everything across the spectrum. And I was like, you know what? Like I'm doing this anyway, because I'm so miserable now that if I don't do like at this point, it's like, I'm, I'm just going to do it because I can't be in this space anymore. Like where I was. Yeah. At. Um, so I was like, it's worth a shot, you know? Um, so I was like, oh, I, go through, I don't know, like by myself, like, and I was like, I don't want to tell my parents because like they were going to worry about me. So like Googling like crazy, finally uh, Soul Quest in Orlando came up, which is, um, you know, it's a legal, like they're, you know, they're filed like the DEA exemption. I don't know all the, um, I don't want to speak for them, but it's, you know, yeah it's a legal uh, place. So, um, I found it. I'm like, cool. It's in Florida. So I told my parents, I was like, I'm going to go to an all female yoga retreat in Florida. Like I made up this whole, <laughs> cause my, <Yeah>. my, <laughs> my father is very, you know, um, he's one of those people that he's like very scared. Like if you leave the United States, he thinks that you're going to get murdered. I'm like that, like, not every like I know a lot of people hate us, but like not everyone wants to kill me, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. He's like, can you just stay here? And I'm like, I like to travel, but um, so I'm like, all right. Obviously, he's scared that like someone's gonna like kidnap me or something. So mm-hmm. I'm like, all female yoga retreat, and I named. I like go. I even went. It's like ridiculous now. When I think of the length, I went to not share. Um, yeah which actually was a really good example of what the problem was. There was like a lack of communication in me being comfortable enough to say, this is what I'm doing. Um, yeah. So, and it was actually really funny. I like, fa- I even found uh, a yoga retreat in Florida and my sister's like, Oh, which one are you going to? And I was like this one. And then she writes back to me and she goes, she's like, not that I'm against it. Whatever you want to do is fine. She goes, but it looks like it's all for black women. Like I didn't, I didn't, re- <laughs> I didn't research it enough. And I was like, right. Oh no, that just must be the picture. Like, it, you know, you don't only have to be black. Um, so <clears throat> funny. Yeah. Long story. I mean, I go down there, I have this massive, um, I actually had a brutal, brutal experience. Um, you know, for a lot of reasons, it was really harsh. Um, but the next, once everything was said and done with, um, the next day I had, you know, what I call a rebirth. Um, I was literally mm-hmm. like in the back room of, um, oh, I kind of had isolated myself. Everybody else was like, Oh, love and happiness. And I was like, this sucks. Like what, why is everyone else like having all these beautiful moments? And here I am. I just felt like I got my ass kicked. Um, and yeah. I did, I really got my ass kicked. Um, 
And so, so I was like, what the heck? Like I came here to do this and I didn't need better and blah, blah, blah. So I was like, you know, I'm going to go lay down and I'm going to just breathe because I was actually getting really anxious. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to breathe and just try to ground myself. And I was like, screw this. So I went in the back. I started doing some belly breathing. Now at this point, like I, everything, you know, the ayahuasca had worn off, um, you know, mm. but I was just so mm-hmm. frustrated that like, you know, everyone's like hugging and, oh, okay, I'll see you on Facebook. Yeah. And I'm like, damn it. I didn't get what I came here for. Um, I mean, did you, so, did you get like a nothing or did you get some kind of a negative experience, whatever you're comfortable sharing? I know people are going to be thinking they're, they're considering doing something like this. And they, they kind of hear your story that cause I've been there also at ceremonies where, you know, I'm not getting anything sometimes, or maybe I'm getting something different, but I look around the room and everybody's like having this great euphoric, you know, experience. But so what was your experience kind of like if, you know, whatever you're comfortable sharing about it? Yeah. Oh, I could talk forever about that. <laughs> how much time do you have? Um, yeah, actually I, okay. So it did end up, um, well, I'll finish that part really quick and then I'll, I'll go back. Um, so I went in the back room. I'm like, man, I'm like, of course, everyone's better. And I'm, you know, I feel like shit. And I have to go, you know, back to New Jersey the same way. And so it was, it was the last day and I was pissed off. I went to go lay down, do some belly breathing. And out of like nowhere, I had this like rush. And again, um, ayahuasca had worn off. It was the next day. I had this like intense, like I was overcome with this, this like, I don't know if I want to say joy, but I just, at that point, I was laying on my back on the bed with my knees up doing the belly breathing. A lot of people mm-hmm. like to sit up when they do it. I, I just prefer to lay down. Uh, it's easier on the, the diaphragm to, to do like that kind of breath work. Um, and I started going like, <sighs> like I didn't, I didn't know what was happening, but I knew that I liked it. And I felt like I was giving birth and I don't, wow. I've never, I don't, I've never been pregnant. I don't have kids. Um, and I didn't know what it was, but I knew it felt right. And I was just kind of, I was, I just kind of started off like <sighs> kind of thing. And I felt like I just got this rush of like joy. And I was like, oh, fucking finally, like I've been here yeah. for like three, three friggin' days. You know, everyone's crying, cry, um, Jesus, hugging and crying. And I'm like panicking and getting angry. <laughs> um, and I knew that I had to keep, I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I had to keep breathing. Um, I just kept like doing that kind of breath work. And of course it wasn't like real labor. There's zero pain at all. Um, and at one point I had reached behind me, like each of the pillows and I had, I grabbed onto the two corners of the pillows and I was like, do I push now? Like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not even pregnant. I don't know what's happening, but it just feels right. So I like grabbed onto the, the back of the pillow and I'm looking at, you know, of course in front of me, I could see my, my thighs and looking at my legs and I had this awareness that they were my legs, but they were also my mother's hmm. legs because I look phys- my face. I look a lot like my mother. We have the same like fingers and like our bodies are similar, except I'm like six inches taller than she is. Hmm. Um, so I'm looking and I'm like, I think I'm my mom giving birth to me. I don't, I don't know. I was like, this feels yeah. awesome. So I'm rolling with it. I had a shit weekend. I'm rolling with this. It feels good. I don't care. So I was feeling like, <sighs> and then I'm like, all right, like what's the end result? What do, what's happening? Um, and I, something came into my head, like at that moment was, I don't need my mother. I can do this by myself. Mm. And I, so, so then I, 
I felt like I was supposed to tell people that. Um, and the psychologist, Dr. Scott at SoulQuest, I love him so much. He, at that point, he was running a, um, I think it was like an inner child um, group. Like, I, I didn't know what was going on. They were like drawing and stuff. There's a few people, maybe like six to eight people at a table. So I opened the door and like they're mid-group. And I'm like, I feel like I'm supposed to tell you guys that I don't need my mom and I can do this myself. And then everybody just went, Yay! And then, like, <laughs> just kind of, kind of looks at me like I'm running a group here. Um, but it was kind of funny. I had like squatted down, like I didn't feel like I was like done. So I like, oh, I kind of like squatted on the floor, like I was like in labor or something. And it, it was just so funny. He just looks at me like, oh, somebody else giving birth, you know. So he must be so used to yeah. like this happening. And then someone else comes over, like one of the other. Um, uh, participants if you want to call him that he's like do you need an ambulance or something i was almost kind of annoyed like no jesus christ i'm having a baby can't you see that like <laughs> oh you're ruining yeah. you're, you're interfering <laughs> um and i went back in the room and what came over me was like i don't need anything outside of myself like i i don't nice. need any i don't need anxiety meds i don't need antidepressants i don't need any people i only need me and it felt like true freedom like to me like not need anyone or anything is true freedom and yeah i was like oh my god i finally got my bliss and i love the feeling that i got that like you were you were right all along it's not it's not bullshit like you can be happy this isn't a a, a fairy tale that like oh after you know 25 life is shit you know or, or whatever age people think um and then it of course started to fade because you can't function like that forever right you can't be in this place forever right. Um, and I went kind of back to the state of mind I was in before and I'm like, I don't understand what's happening. So like, that's the point whenever they, you know, they tell you when we first sat down in the circle and they're like, listen, like you could drink the ayahuasca, but you still have to do the work. And at the time, like, I didn't know what that meant. Hmm. Um, but going home, I was like, okay, like ayahuasca showed me like, this is what you can feel like if you go, when you go home and do this, like you have the potential to, um, feel this way but we're not just going to give it to you like you need to earn this you know um I, I had so much stuff I have to work through and you know um so it was kind of hard and then I actually ended up I stayed for a couple more days because I couldn't make I was grappling with the experience that I did this to myself like through either like negative thinking not listening to myself enough not loving myself enough I was like you know because you get you I don't know. I mean, you've experienced like with like the downloads, which I know sounds like, I don't know if you've gotten like, you get like realizations or ideas that come to you. Well, I've gotten big lessons, you know, I don't know that I felt like it was a download from someplace else. It felt more like an internal revelation. Yeah. No. Oh my God. I, um, and I'll, I'll get back to this too. I would just, it was information that was coming into me like faster than I could keep up with them. Like, do I write this down? Do I just sit with it? Like, what am I supposed to yeah, do? Yeah. Um, but I had so much, um, like I was like, it was just a lot. Cause I had realized I kind of did this to myself and it was just, I was completely like bombarded. Um, so I, I was kind of upset. And then I was like, I don't know if I can, I was also up cause I didn't sleep while well. I was up for like days, which me on a normal day, just getting one, um, crappy night's sleep is horrendous. So after like three days or four days, like, mm. I was just like a Looney Tunes. Um, yeah. So I had called my dad and I was like, I'm going to stay another day. And then they're like, what's going on? And then my sister who 
nothing gets by her. Uh, you know, I think she whispered to my dad, like, cause I had been kind of talking about it before I left. Mm-hmm. Like, do you do ayahuasca? And I was like, oh. yes, I did. And it felt <laughs> good to just like let it out, you know? Um, yeah. And, and another thing, like I had been like, um, like I said, I wasn't in a great place before I left. And I said to my dad who I never talked about, and I'm sure he knew like, okay, like at some point in my life I had smoked pot, but we didn't have like an open relationship at that point where I could be like, okay, I smoked pot or whatever. But I, I said, like I had him on the phone. I was like, I just want to come home and smoke a fucking joint. And he very casually <laughs> and calmly said, and that's what you, you have to do then. And I wow. was like, Ugh. so like, uh, that was another big lesson for me. Like, just say it, you know, just say what yeah. you need. Um, so even in that, like there was a lesson, you know, like, just, wow to your parent and but it just blew my and then he's like he's like tara you're in your late 30s he's like if you want to go do this you don't need our permission and i'm like well i knew you guys were going to be at my ass like worrying about me and like calling and that would be a distraction from what i was trying to do you know um, yeah he would have laid like a pre-guilt trip on you possibly yeah it's like i don't want to if you told him all this before you went he may have been like no, you can't do that. Ayahuasca is dangerous and you're going to Florida and you alligators. My, yeah, my yeah. mom would have Googled it. My sister would have Googled it. Like I pictured yeah. like my dad standing in front of the plane in Newark Airport like, she's not going. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, I mean, and maybe that a lot of that was a creation on my part of, you know. Yeah, you don't know. Thing. Yeah, I don't know. So, um, you know, I came back and it was really, um, it was really hard because it's like, you know, like, I was surrounded by people who were like, wait, what do you, how do you say it? What is it called? Like people didn't even know what it was, let alone how to, you know, uh, integrate right. the experience. Um, and one of the volunteers there that I had talked to was like, you need to call this girl, Angela. And he gave me her number. He's like, she's absolutely amazing. She's a coach. I worked with her. So I took the number and, you know, of course I didn't end up calling her until a couple of months later when I was like, I was still losing it. Cause I didn't know how to integrate my experience, mm. you know, and that, that's something that I would like to put out there too. Like, you know, there's kind of an illusion and I, and I believed it too, when I first got into this, like you go and then you drink it and then you're just cured of like, you know, everything magically. And like, that's the end of it. Um, you know, so it's like, no, I want to tell people like, if you have a hard time when you come back, like most people do the coach I work with, she's like 90% of people will slip back. You know, like because mm-hmm. you have to, you need to do the work, you know, you don't, it's not, it's not a magic cure. It's not like, it just doesn't work that way. Um, so yeah, it took me some time and it was very hard. I, I realized I was very, I was so rigid, in my beliefs. Like I was like, oh, I'm this great person who can, not great, per- like I'm great at helping others, you know, but mm-hmm. I was like, I wasn't, I was so patient with others, but I wasn't patient with myself at all, like at all. Um, which my coach, um, which she later told me, she said, this is like a self abuse. And when she put it like that, like if I had a kid, like I'd never hit my kid. Right. So why am I doing this to me? You know? Right. Um, so you really, you really have to parent yourself now. Like, and I was able to integrate this into my experience with my clients in private practice. It helped me become a better therapist from, from, from doing ayahuasca. Um, so yeah, it, it's hard work, you know, you know, the only fun part I would say of ayahuasca was when I had the blissful part of it. Um, maybe when I was laying by the fire pit and it looks kind of cool for a second, but, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what people yeah. talk about. You know, there's, 
and I don't want to discourage, you know, put down anybody's experience on any of this stuff, but out there on the internet and places, you just hear everybody talking about, oh, cool visuals, and and I saw this, and, and I feel like so much of it, maybe some visuals, and I've had visuals that ended up being an allegory or an analogy for some big important lesson, but in general, you know, I'm almost not interested in the fractals. I'm almost like, nah, go away. You know what I mean? I, I need to get to this this other stuff. I know with ayahuasca, sometimes they say the visuals are a gate and you have to go through the gate, you know, to get to see La Madre and, and then get your messages delivered to you. But yeah, sometimes the, the visuals part of it, I feel like a lot of people are focused on this cool roller coaster part as opposed to the deep insight that might come with it. Right. And I had also like before then I had never even done like mushrooms, like nothing. Like yeah. I went that was from your like, very first psychedelic experience. Yeah, was... I went from like weed to ayahuasca. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, I would just I was honestly just never interested in it before. I was like, all right, like alcohol is good enough. You know, I'll have a couple of drinks, maybe smoke pot. Like I don't need draw, you know, I'd never done like coke or anything like that. Right. Um just I never felt drawn to it. Um but yeah, everybody has to, you know, some people are like, oh, you need the visuals, you don't need the visuals. You need to feel, you know, you don't need to feel like there's, there's some, again, like the technicalities can be like overwhelming. Um, yeah. But so that's why it's like, sometimes it's just really better to not over like research the place you're going, but don't research 8 million stories of other people because I had expectations. Mm. This girl I researched did this. So that's going to happen to me too. Like, or this guy had, you know, aliens come do surgery on him maybe they'll come do surgery on me you know um yeah yeah even even experiences you know your 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 birth um experience and i've had friends and ceremony who didn't give birth but they were reborn right they literally came out of their mother's womb right there in the room you know and i had that sometimes i'm like well why don't i get reborn you, you start sending the setting these expectations of your own thing which is really the last thing you want to do. You know, you really want to be able to go in completely open. That's my friend, a friend of mine gave me the best advice. She said, don't say, just let go. Don't try to let go. Just say, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. And, and then I you wish, kind of free your mind from all that stuff. I watched every YouTube video yeah. prior to going. Um, and I mean, the bonus of that was that there were some good stories that I did here and I was I actually connected with one girl I messaged her I, because um, we talked for a little bit um you know her her story kind of helped me so we actually went back and forth on like Instagram for a little bit um talking about it but yeah um don't yeah it, it's hard I think it's one of those things where like learning how to walk like you're just you're gonna bust your ass like it's you know maybe you'll have an easier time than others but you working with this kind of stuff, like you're going to make the state, like, it's just so, you know, it's not like we're all living in the jungle or somewhere where we're more in touch with like nature and things like that. Right. You know, we're, we're in a much more overstimulated world. So it's going to take us longer to get, um, you know, grounded enough, you know, for a lot of us, but um, yeah. So yeah, such a bit that mindset, you know, going into it, everybody talks about set and setting set and mindset, you know, and it's uh You've got people like me, the very rational minded, almost engineer brains, you know, that are like, 
well, I don't believe all this kooky stuff, you know, and, and I'm going to go in and experience this and I'm going to analyze it and understand. And you have some people who come in that have meditated for a decade and their, their minds are already part of the greater consciousness and the oneness and all this stuff. And they can flow into, into so much. So going into it, you're right. What you're saying is there's so many different mindsets coming into it that to go and try to figure out what somebody else experienced and try to lay that on your own predictions and your own expectations you know, it's, it's, uh, it's going to shape your experience in a way that you may not want it to. So if you can find a way to just go in and, and let it happen with a proper mindset, then you might come out with more lessons. Right. Hey, you live and learn, right? <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Exactly. But yeah. Um, yeah. So that, that, that was, a, that was a rough, I describe that year for me, that experience as terrifying and beautiful um, at the same time. It really was terrifying and beautiful, but um, yeah, but yeah, going back, I don't know, like, so did you want me to talk about the brutal? <laughs> I mean, there, there's the things that I saw that were brutal. Like, there's a significance to everything. It wasn't like it was brutal for anything. Yeah. I mean, if you want to, you, you just mentioned how when you went through the ceremony that you know, your experience was, was terrifying and brutal. And you saw all these other people having this, these loving experiences. So I don't know if you want to, you know, quickly share what, what the, the brutal experience was, was like in, in its essence and how that uh, transferred, how you worked with your integration coach, if you did on that and, and how that helped your life. Right. Um, yeah, basically, well, the first night I would say I just drank, let's say like, if you want to call it like regular ayahuasca, um, the first mm -hmm. night was the first time I ever drank. Nothing really happened, which is common, right? Like it has to, it's more of like a cleansing of your system or whatever it is. Right. But I, right. you know, I was more just like cranky and whiny and like, what the heck is this? Um, but I had talked to the, um, the shaman at Solkwa. Oh, he's not a shaman. He's a Taita, Taita Pedro. And you know, I had told him like nothing really happened last night and you know like I just explained to him and he um you know there was a translator there and then you know Tida Pedro had said all right when you said um when we have ceremony tonight you're going to take your cup from me and I was like okay but um I didn't find out till later on that his stuff is yahe which is the more masculine brutal um it's a more masculine form. I had no, mm -hmm. I didn't know that's what I was getting. So when I drank within like 10 seconds, I like I felt it like instantly. And I had a very, um, it was a very like male presence. There was nothing loving mm. and nurturing and mothering. And yeah. I had actually went to, I knew that I was in a mental prison, like not like a psych hospital, but like I was stuck in my own brain and I was being shown all these things I had to solve. And I, and the only way that I was getting out of it, it was if I solved these things, but they were being taken away from me before I could solve them. Hmm. So I was like, Oh my God, like I'm never going to get out of this. I'm stuck in here forever. And there wasn't like a lot of people were like, why didn't you ask for help? And they don't get like, I was so deep in it. Like there was nothing else around me. I wasn't aware of like my body or the ground around me, it was only in here. It was only like brutal energy. And, um, yeah. and I had seen this like metal box on a planet, which looked like the moon. And I'm like, Oh my God, do, do metal boxes live on the moon? Like, Holy crap. 
you know? <laughs> um, and long story short, I had talked to, I had ended up catching up with him later on. I had messaged him on Facebook and I was like, I'm sorry to bother you. I was like, I sat with you like a year ago. You know, I had this crazy experience. He's like, I didn't talk to you after. I was like, no, <laughs> he's like, well, normally I do. And, you know, I told him like, it was really brutal. And he said he could see that I needed a hard lesson. I was like, okay. Hmm. <laughs> um, but he explained that the metal box was my thoughts weighing heavy on me. Interesting. Like, okay. That makes perfect sense. And I said, well, I was in this prison. I was like, is the, the metaphor here like that I was in a self-creating prison of my own brain. Like I was limiting myself. And he's like, absolutely. He's like, you know, you're, you're imprisoning yourself, but by, by the way, you're thinking. Wow. It was just, it was very, um, yeah, I, I, the way I can describe it, it was just a very heavy, unforgiving. Um, Felt unforgiving, huh? Oh, it was relentless. People were like, oh, just say you surrender. And again, like, I didn't know what I was doing. So I was just like, okay, I surrender. Like, help me. Like, I don't know what to do, but it was just <laughs> like, God awful. Um, you know, and the relief I felt when it went away, like once that, Oh, I left out an important part. So on that night, I get, it got so bad. I, at one point, I guess I just laid down. I was like hot mess. I just like laid down on the ground and I was just like, Oh, or whatever. I don't care. I see him standing over me at one point. He's looking at me and I just felt so stupid. Just like laying there on the ground. Like what the hell just happened? Yeah. Um, he, I think he touched my forehead. He did something in my forehead and in about, like 20 seconds i was back to planet earth hmm. i don't know what the heck he did um i asked him he said that was his secret he won't tell me <laughs> um and i was just like oh thank god like i can see the world around me again i was like oh like i felt you know yeah. present again i was like jesus what was that you know and then uh the next day was the rebirth so finally i hmm. had when i had talked to him you know through messenger I was like, I felt like I died. And then I had like a rebirth. And he said, that's the point in Yahe, you die. And then the next day you're reborn. Wow. I didn't know that. <laughs> and what's the coolest thing for me is that was 324. Okay. So March 24th was my rebirth. Very next year on March 24th, my niece was born. Oh, my sister. Cow. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm sorry. That is not. A coincidence like it's just yeah. um so of course to me she's like i'm like oh this is my little precious you know because i've always associate her with my rebirth you mm -hmm. know um so my real birthday is in september but i always say my second birthday is march 24th which yeah you know i, I share with my niece but um yeah but going back to what you were asking before like you don't want to discourage people from from having these crazy experiences um I always struggle with that because, you know, I, I did drink one at another place after that where it was not as brutal at all. So I think that the, the state of mind I was in had a lot to do with it, obviously, um, me expecting this cure right away. Like I was kind of demanding with it. Like I came here and, you know, I'm doing this, so fix me, you know, kind of thing, Yeah. which is ridiculous because when people come to me like that, I'm like, there's, there's no quick and dirty solution here. Like this is going to take time, you know, um, but again, I, I didn't know that when, when I first started drinking, but, um, you know, I do think it's important for people to start, if you can start the integration work before you start drinking, I think yeah. 
would be ideal. But then it's like, what do you tell people who might be like suicidal um, and who need something right away? You know, I, I, but I've heard everything from if somebody is suicidal, then they shouldn't be doing this. But I've also heard, no, like if they're suicidal, you might as well have them do it because, you know, like what's the alternative? So there's people feel very differently about that. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. Um, I'm not, I definitely am not an expert on, on plant medicine. Um, but, um, you know, I would say like, talk to a few coaches and a few people see, see what's right for you, you know, cause a lot of people go yeah. into this like yourself, right. After something happens, you know, like loss of someone they care for or divorce or whatever. So they're, they're not in a good place when they go into it. Um, so the argument there is, well, if you're not a good place when you go into it, you're going to have a horrible trip, you know? But then I've seen other people go into it, you know, when I was there and they were like, hey, like I was in a terrible place and now I feel amazing. So I don't, yeah, I don't feel know. like, I, would, uh, I don't know what the answer is there. Yeah, that's a tough, so people ask me about mindset and, you know, they'll say, well, you know, this bad thing just happened to me and maybe I'm not in the right mindset. And I say, well, mindset, in my opinion, and I'm not anybody, my mindset is about not how, how good is your life going right now or, or, or all that kind of stuff. It's have you prepared your mind for the journey? Right. You know, so because I think I'm a, you know, an interesting case, just one case, not a study. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm just a, one example, but started this after the loss of my son. And it's, it's hard to find much worse of a, of a place to be in, in your heart in mind Absolutely. than that. But my mindset going into my first experiences was absolutely where it needed to be. You know, I was prepared and I understood and, you know, I had my whole set and setting lined up and meditation and all this stuff and ended up having some very important and insightful journey. So I, I guess that's my, my kind of two cents on that is, and, and but somebody who's suicidal, again, I'm not, not a therapist, but might have them look at, at ketamine. Ketamine has had some really, Absolutely. Great, great results, you know, to go there and kind of get that turned around. And maybe it's not, it's not a cure. And with ketamine, the, the period between taking the ketamine and when you start feeling bad again is shorter than it is with some other psychedelics. But it's a great way to get somebody who's got those suicidal ideation going to, to break them out of that and give them the opportunity to maybe, maybe explore some other options that will be better long-term solutions. Right. So at least get, um, get that out of the way so you could, you know, start to feel the sun a bit and then maybe make a decision decision from there. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. So you went through all this. That's an amazing experience. Thank you for sharing that. First of all, um, how has this, you, you mentioned, you mentioned it earlier, I think that it's helped you become a better therapist. So how, how did that play out in terms of your, your practice and your experiences? What, what has that brought to your, your, your therapy practice? More of all the stuff that I thought was cheesy before, like affirmations and, you know, um, yeah. like when I, when I would hear people talk about self-love, um, I think a lot of people don't understand what that is. Like, it's not going out and getting like your hair and nails done or getting a massage. It could be right. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, and that's self-care, but like self-love can also be you know, sitting on the couch crying, saying, okay, like I had a, a horrible shit day today. You know, I'm going to give myself compassion and say, like, I'm not beating myself up over this. Like, 
I'm yeah. just going to sit. I'm going to take some breaths. You know, I'll have, you know, maybe I'll put on the TV and Netflix, whatever have, um, you know, it's, it's just having compassion for yourself, like saying like, this isn't fun, but it's okay that I feel crappy. It's not fun to feel crappy, but I'm not going to beat myself up over it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think I was a little too over um, clinical prior to this, um, you know, and my intuition was always pretty sharp. I was pretty spot on. Like even before people would tell me stuff in session, I kind of knew I knew there was something else either that they were leaving out or I could just sense, okay, there's a dad issues or there's some sexual trauma. And I was almost always right. I could just kind of feel it. Um, Mm -hmm. And then after I drank, it was kind of reinforcing me, like you need to trust that more. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Trust what you're feeling more. Um, And even like things that I wouldn't know. um, I would say, okay, like, you should try meditating, you know, before ayahuasca and after ayahuasca, I would say, okay, like some, I would even actually guide them through it in a session, which, you know, I don't do a ton. A lot of people don't like it when you look at them <laughs> while they're doing it. Um, yeah. But I, I would feel braver to go a little bit deeper in the actual session. Like, okay, let's do a meditation or whatever. Um, or just telling them like, if this is what you feel, like you need to follow it. So I, I was able to just tap into things deeper um, yeah. Interestingly enough, you know, a lot of people think this, this sounds like, oh, woo woo and cheesy. But I mean, I can tell you from my experience, this is true. You're going to attract clients who are on your level. Like that's mm. the way it is. So, you know, bef- before I had drank, I had a lot of people who like, I think they just wanted to come in and just like bitch and complain. And like, sometimes that's necessary. Like we all need to vent. We're all allowed to just we can be grumpy and negative at times, but you, you need to, you can't stay there. Right. Um, yeah. So after I drank, I was, people were calling me that were more, Oh, I meditate or I like, they were, I was getting people who were more in line with what I was believing. Yeah. And I was like, this is so cool. Like I didn't even have to do it. I didn't change any advertising. Like I did nothing different, but people that were coming to me were more on my level. Um, wow. And yeah. And now like I'll do, I'll do meditations now where I'll say like, I'll, even if I close my eyes for 30 seconds and I'm like, I want to attract more people, more like-minded people. I'll, I'll just send that, that vibe out. Yeah. There. Nothing else. It's relaxing. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, it, it really, it absolutely changed my life. And you know, my only regret is not, is not doing it sooner. Like I, um, I, I wish I did it. Yeah. 30 uh 36 i think at the time um yeah i just i wish that i knew about it sooner and i was like i can't hide this you know i need to i need to tell people about you know my experience um you know so yeah excellent excellent so for people out there who are listening um you've made a lot of good points already start your integration work well first of all do integration work right start it before your journey and then continue it after your journey. What, in addition to that, or expand on that, but what, what advice would you give somebody who's considering working with psychedelics, working with these medicines to help their situation? What are some things that, that you might, and again, we're not sitting here, you and I, telling people to go do this, right? Because there's, there's right. precautions you got to take <laughs> it, and you got to understand not, this. It's not for everyone. Yeah, it's definitely not for everybody. So we're, we're, that is not the message. The message is if you feel like you're being called to it, 
what are some things that, you know, somebody came to you like that and said, okay, I've done all this research just like you did, Tara, and I'm ready to go. What, what should I know first before I, before I go into it? What was some advice you would have for them? Hmm. I would probably, I mean, there's, you know, some uh, coaches that, um, you know, I know in the community and I, and I would honestly probably even send them towards people who've uh, worked in the medicine community, mm-hmm. like, right. Like try and work with a coach. Um, you know, I, I would just remind them like, this is not going to be a cure all, you know, you, you have to deal with your stuff. Um, yeah. You can't just rely on drinking, you know, you, you have to still, you know, be accountable for your own stuff. And, um, I think the, I think the integration work, work is critical. Um, you know, for me, mm-hmm. like I wouldn't thing is like, I wouldn't have known, I didn't know the integration coaches like did prior. I was like, okay, there's therapists, but like, I didn't know that there was people who specifically worked in that until I drank. So it's kind of like, it just kind of had to happen that way. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I would really just say like, you need to find someone who can, um, you know, help you like work through this kind of stuff. You know, I would, yeah. where I am now, like if somebody has maybe already drank, like, okay, like I could, um, I could work with them, but I wouldn't want to be somebody's intro at this point, you know, just because of, um, you know, I've, intro as a therapist, yes, but intro as um, somebody in that, in that realm, I think that they need somebody who's more focused on that or more experienced than I am. Um, yeah. Cause that there's some people know a lot more than I do. And I definitely would say, all right, <laughs> you need to yeah. go to the right, the right person for that. Excellent. Now you mentioned, um, I found it funny. I don't know if that's, if that's fair to you or not, but I found talking about your dad and your parents and like, should I, should I tell my dad, you know, or can I admit, no, I'm going to tell him I'm doing an all women's yoga. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, it's, uh, and then it, then right from Florida having to say, yeah, dad, that's, that, that's what I did. What, what other examples, if any, have you dealt with in, in a stigma around psychedelics? I mean, have you mentioned this to other people at a dinner party or at a professional <laughs> meeting or, you know, or something where, where people are kind of like, look over at you like, Oh my gosh, she's nuts, you know, or, or whatever. <laughs> have you dealt with that? I mean, you have to know your, your environment, right? Yeah. Um, so I knew I needed to do something with it, but I was like, I have to get my stuff together first because that's more important. I'm not trying to, so I was like, I'm going to write a book about this. And then I was kind of like, no, yeah. Tara, like you, can do that later, but you need to be okay first, you mm. know? Um, so I, I was very careful of who to mention it around, you know, there, I had a colleague, I, I won't mention her name cause I don't know if she would want me to at this point, but, um, we had worked in the same building and, and I had said to her, you know, she had dabbled in like herb, uh, herbs and, you know, things like that. Um, you know, more of the Eastern medicine. And I said to her, I was like, you keep talking about, you know, plant medicine. I was like, have you, you know, done anything kind of like in that realm. And then she was like, I d- did ayahuasca. And I was like, I did ayahuasca too. Um, so, but I just, I just felt right, you know, yeah. um, and we're, we are since very close, but, um, nice. but it, to me, it's just crazy about like something that's like so profound, not a lot of people know about. And at first I had a hard time with that, but now I'm like, hey, it is what it is. Like their path is their path, you know? Um, yeah. 
but I did mention it. I went on a, um, a surf retreat in Costa Rica. I love the water and I just love being away, like by myself, (laughs) just getting to do my own thing. And, uh, there were a couple of other girls there and I had talked about it. I was like, whatever, I don't know these people. So let me see what happens. (laughs) And the way I was explaining it, I forgot what I said. Uh, I said, yeah, I know it kind of sounds a little like hippie-ish. She's like, yeah, it kind of does. But like, isn't that sad that like taking care of yourself and like basic self-care and self-needs sounds like like, you know, because the hippie stuff I always associate with politic and a, um, you know, like a movement justice and, you know, and things like that. And I mean, sure, there's like natural parts of hippie stuff, but I'm like, no, it's not like this is healing. This is real that this is medicine. This isn't hippie stuff, you know? Um, and I mean, I didn't get too into it with her a lot, but, um, yeah, we had that reaction that, cause it can throw you off, you know, when you're in an environment with certain people in, or whatever, and you bring it up almost with an expectation of like, Oh, these, they're going to get it. They're going to understand. Maybe they never heard of it, but at least they'll, they'll be curious. Maybe just a little bit. Curious. And then when they come back at you, like, Oh, that's hippie-ish, you know, or, or something negative and kind of be like, Oh, you know, catch you by surprise. Right. I try to put myself in their shoes. Like if I was hearing that, I probably thought I would think it would sound that way too. Mm. You know? uh, that's good. Um, or if, if I was hearing it without the experience, then, then maybe I would think that too. Um, yeah. It's understandable. I think it's just how you carry yourself. Like I'm a professional, you know, um, like I'm responsible. I have like, you know, the job and, you know, I can pay my bill. Like I'm not, you know, like I, I'm okay. Yeah. So it's when they see you like, Oh, like she was always a level-headed person. So right. she must know what she's talking about, you know? Um, and again, like when I enforce this, I'm not like, Woo, I love tripping. I freaking hated it. I have a really hard time. Like I know some people who are like, I love ayahuasca. And I'm like, I was so crazy, dizzy, nauseous. Like I didn't yeah. get any, the visuals I saw, I couldn't like perceptually figure out where I fit into them if it makes sense like i was just so Mm -hmm. dizzy and nauseous and the visuals were they were just so overwhelming for me that um i was like i can't even like see it because i'm so i feel like so crappy um but i'm there was definitely a level of resistance on my part that i'm sure yeah affected it um you know i'm not saying never again but it's just not something right now that i um would want to do like i've you know people really need to take the time to integrate them stuff before their stuff before like, okay, next month I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again the month after. Like you're not yeah. doing the work, you know? Um, no. Yeah. I had a, I had a, an experience. It was a very short, powerful experience. You know, it lasts about 20, 25 minutes. And at the end of it, the facilitator was like, do you want more? You know? And I was like, no, I don't want more. <laughs> you know, it's a, I, I have a whole lot of work to do. You know what I mean? I got so much that, that, you know, you might call it a download. I had so much come to me that I, I'm afraid if I did more, and it wasn't ayahuasca, but if I did more of it, then I would overwrite it like a floppy disk or something. I'm showing my age now, but I, like I overwrite it like <laughs> a floppy disk. And, uh, you know, I was like, like you said, you need time to work on it. You know, let it settle in. And sometimes, you know, you had the whole birth a day after, after the ayahuasca was essentially mostly gone, right? And sometimes 
you'll have revelations or things will come to you days, weeks, you know, after. So you do have to give yourself right. the, a chance to really understand what happened. Oh, and I was so overwhelmed when I came back too. like people will say like, oh, your, your sense of like smell and things are going to be enhanced. And it was just really funny. I came home and I had gotten this candle like weeks before and um, I never lit it, but it was just, I had it like on the dresser. And when I walked into my bedroom, I was like, what the heck was that smell? Like I was so overwhelmed with the smell. Mm -hmm. I was like, what is that? And then I got closer to the candle and I was like, it's the can't, like it had heightened that so much. And even like um, pictures, like if there was a picture of like, a, like something bright or like a sun, I would look at the painting and I was like, Oh God, like, I'm like, what do I, I have these, I'm like, I need to function. Like I can't be having, I can't be like overwhelmed yeah. by all of it. Um, and I had gone into shop, right. I was like, all right, I need tea. Cause my stomach was off for like a couple of days afterwards. I walked past the fabric softener again, which normally, um, mm -hmm. I don't smell, but and it, I didn't smell fabric softener. All I smelled was like chemicals. Like, yeah. so I was able to, I was like, I know what's really in here. <laughs> um, but it didn't smell nice. I was just like, Ooh, like, you know, and that was just the first, again, that was the first weekend I ever drank the second weekend, uh, you know, at a different place a couple months later, I did not have, it was just like a 10th of the level of the intensity it was the first time. So I don't know if yeah. it was because it was yeah, hey, or because I was just, I wasn't like centered and grounded when I first did it. Um, yeah. but it, it was overwhelming on like every level wow. <laughs> possible. Yeah. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Well, um, as we wrap this up, what, what else do you want to share? You know, anything about your experiences, about your practice, any information, is there anything I did not ask you? What else? Um, I think we pretty much covered everything. Covered? Um, yeah. Again, I am not an expert on uh, plant medicine for everyone listening. Don't, uh, don't look me up and say, Hey, where can I, you know, do this? Like, you know, yes, I'm don't just, do that. Uh, people. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm more of a, I said, like, you know, I'm a therapist. I do have, I do put a lot of like spirituality into, um, my practice, but, um, yeah, if you're, you know, if you're having like a brutal time, like going through, um, an experience with, you know, like ayahuasca or mushrooms or something, I would say like, you know, go on, you know, find the appropriate, you know, whether it's like the ayahuasca integration on Facebook or, you know, find like a good source, find a good community support for that. People who have worked with that kind of medicine for, you know, much longer, um, you know, I'm, I'm still very much, you know, kind of like in the earlier stages of the whole thing. So, um, and just, just be careful if you're thinking about doing that, like again, do, do your research on the place, you know, don't go crazy listening to everyone else's stories, just, you know, you need to get accounts from people saying this place was awesome. You know, or I felt yeah. supported here. I felt cared for. They, they, they knew what I was talking about. They, you know, they, they were able to um, guide me through stuff. You know, you, you need to feel safe, bottom line. Yeah. Gotta feel safe and know you're around, around the right people. They, they are going to look out for you. I mean, I've, from my experience, it's like, I feel like, you know, most environments are loving, um, but you know, you just, you don't want to find out about a place and, you know, book it the next day. You really got to, you know, Do get, get, get accounts from people that, you know, they, they're doing well. Yeah. Good. Good. Excellent. Excellent advice. So Tara, thank you so much for doing this. I really well, appreciate you. For, yeah. Uh, thanks for inviting me. <laughs> yeah. It was a real pleasure. That concludes this edition of the Stone Ape Reports. Thank you for listening. 
Please follow us on Instagram at Stoned Ape Comedy and subscribe to our newsletter at www.stonedapecomedy.com. Again, thanks for listening and catch you next time, Stoned Apes.